0: What I was trying to say, but it's hard to say like on a, po- a basketball podcast, is that like the conspiracies that are the longtime conspiracies like JFK and like, I'm like, no, those all. Yes.
1: Welcome to Spinsters, a podcast where we wish we knew more about how crypto works.
0: Well, Rohan, will you introduce yourself?
1: Do I have to like say what I do or do I just say my name? yes okay
0: okay (laughs) are you wait are you at the status where you could actually you do have a like as for media like nobody has your name so that's fair enough it's not like your name's (laughs) kevin no offense to kevin's out there i just
1: you know i just want to make sure um okay my name is rohan Notkerney and i'm a staff writer at sports illustrated and a
0: podcaster
1: and a podcaster and i co-host the open floor podcast with my good friend michael pina
0: I love The Open Floor. I've listened to it for a long time. Um, and the dynamic between him and Ben was always very fun for me. And then it's interesting to hear the dynamic between you and him and then Chris and him and more recently, Chris and you. Um, so power rank your coworkers.
1: Oh, OK. Yeah, no, no I'm just problem. kidding. <laughs> oh, all right. I'm ready to go. Right. I have it like I have it laminated in my wallet whenever I need it. So. Mm hmm. Yeah. Mm hmm.
0: Rohan, I wanted you to tell everybody about the second time we hung out.
1: Okay, we went to a Halloween party in somebody's backyard. No? Was this not the... Okay. I'm trying to think what (laughs) constitutes a hangout. Was this not the second time?
0: You had a dinner party.
1: That's right. No, that's true. I had a dinner party. That was the second time we hung out. You came over for dinner. So did former... Basket blog boy, Paolo Getty, our former friend, our as former well. friend, former friend, now current enemy, making that Iger money. Um, yeah, I, I cooked. I hope you took home some pork belly that I hope uh, got finished. But I was thrilled. It's been so long since I've gotten to host a dinner party, like post pandemic, post vax. I'm, I'm trying to work my way back into the dinner party game. So thank you for being like a willing eater and coming by. And it willing was, to, and also going to a dinner party for a second hangout, I feel like is a pretty big social leap. So I appreciate you being willing to take that job.
0: When people offer to buy or make me food, I'm there. Okay. Yeah. It could be the owner of crypto.com. <laughs> see, still yeah. <laughs> the crypto.com. Could be crypto com, food, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um you made pork belly, that was amazing. You made chicken, that was amazing. And then for dessert. You made the dessert off of the movie Chef.
1: That was a career highlight for me, more so than anything I've done writing-wise, was making the berries and whipped cream dessert from Chef. That was exciting. Thank you so much for giving me the space to talk about this. Listen, I'll say this, though. Learning how easy it is to make caramel, really dangerous. That entire day, I was just eating caramel in various states of its form. Like First, it was really hot and melting, and I kept burning myself with taking another bite. Then as it was cooling down and becoming like sticky, I was like, this is fun. And then just as brittle, I was just eating straight caramel brittle for hours after everybody left.
0: Which is what was topped on the dessert. Yes, that's it right. It was really, yeah, it was great. It was almost like caramel dust. <laughs> um, I will say that watching Great British Bake Off, they always struggle with the caramel. Interesting. A lot of them burn it, it's just sugar. I, you you know, just have I'm, to cook sugar. Although, yeah. granted, I've never done
1: it. I've never um, had to do it under a timer either or with cameras watching me. So that probably helps.
0: Or, yeah, yeah. I also don't have to do it with a British accent. I <laughs> imagine right. that puts a great weight on people. <laughs> um, okay, so I want to talk to you about the Eastern Conference because we talked about the Western Conference a great deal on Tuesday, mainly because of the King's. Um, which, as you know, are the hottest topic in the Western Conference. Um, We were just like, are you aware of the stakes for Luke Walton's job?
1: It sounds, I I was a little bit surprised that he's on the quote unquote hot seat because I don't know what the expectations are for them other than to be exactly where they are, which is like maybe a play-in team.
0: No, the expectation is the playoffs. And I so if see. they don't make the playoffs, then yes, then he is It, it kind of feels like he fired. could have been
1: fired in the summer. To, I, I don't know. Who knows what the Kings are doing? Let me tell you about the Kings, okay? They're making it really hard for another Indian person to ever own a basketball team. Like, we get very few opportunities to do something like this. You know, Kumail is finally in the Marvel movie, and it's like the worst Marvel movie ever. Now they put, you got an Indian owner, and the, the whole organization is a mess. This is not reflective of who we are as a people, our capabilities, et cetera. You know, true equality is us getting to fail at this level as well, you know, so that's exciting in that regard. But it's been a bummer as, as an Indian person who was like, you know, it'd be cool to own a basketball team. I'm kind of worried we're not going to get another shot.
0: And then speaking of like uh, your personal ties to basketball teams, you're like a Heat fan, but you you don't say you're a fan, right? You're like Paolo with the Clippers.
1: <laughs> Paolo with the Clippers. I I think I actually do say I'm a heat fan. I'm not I'm not too scared to run away from it. I just I like to think that I'm still able to do my job with a level of objectivity. But I still want to get some tweets off. That's really how I feel. You know what I mean?
0: How did you feel about the the fight the other night?
1: Oh, the Morris Jokic brouhaha. Yes. So I've never heard anyone say that word under (laughs) fifty five. (laughs) I also said swell in a text earlier. I've never done that before. (laughs) I don't know what's going on. I I was like, that would be swell. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, (laughs) Here's what I thought about the fight. I, I, I was pretty shocked to see Jokic, like an MVP. You don't see MVPs usually doing their own dirty work, you know? And I was pretty shocked to see Jokic take kind of a running jump. I thought the Jokic hit was definitely worse. That's not to excuse Morris's cheap shot, but the Jokic hit I thought was definitely worse. And he has a little history of kind of taking hard fouls when he's frustrated, etc. What I really thought about it, though, was it just turned into like an opportunity for everyone on Twitter to like further their own agenda and use like the, the narrative of this fight. So then you had some like Nuggets people being like, see, like Nikola Jokic keeps getting disrespected then you had some people who rightfully were making fun of Heat fans' obsession with Eudonis Haslam. It, it just, it, it turns into like, a, it's so divorced from actually what happened on the floor. It turns into like this, I'm going to use this moment to further my own narrative about a certain team or player. And I always find that to be like the least fun thing that happens on Twitter.
0: Uh Maybe not the least.
1: <laughs> yes. But fair. yes. and No, yeah. it's
0: it's very close. Um, speaking of Udonis Haslam, will we die first or will he retire?
1: <laughs> I hope I die first because I don't want to live in a world where Udonis Haslam doesn't play for the Miami He personally. You guys are so. nuts.
0: You guys are nuts. <laughs> Here's- okay. The, you know what the fight made me think of? Please. You have Jimmy Butler upset in the background. Mm-hmm. You have Jokic, who, again, like you said, yes, he does sometimes get involved, which for me, I'm like man of the people, as you said. <laughs> right. MVP's don't do their own right. dirty work. And then the next day, you had Rudy.
1: And Gobert. who did he get in yeah. uh, a fight with? Yeah. It was some other center? Oh, my God. He also he, mixed it up with Dwayne Dedren. Oh, God. Who was it?
0: I think it was Miles Turner, right? Miles, yeah, Turner. Miles Turner. There
1: we go. There we go.
0: You know why we forget though, is because neither of them were actually going to fight.
1: That's true, yes. Like they
0: were doing the most non-fight, fight body language ever. So, okay, you've got Jimmy Butler. I'll take, maybe we actually just should just stay away from the Rudy Miles <laughs> okay. fight for this for these purposes. So you have Morris brother, Butler, and Jokic, which one of them do you pair up with to fight the other two?
1: So anyway, you have Morris, Jimmy, Jokic.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: we need one more though, right?
0: No, you pick one and you you with him have to fight the other two. Oh,
1: I have to fight? I'm fighting? Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. See, this is a, this is a tricky one. This is a very tricky one because- I can't fight Udonis Hazel, but I also can't fight Jimmy Butler. Um, but I think I have to go Udonis. He's got the combination. Udonis
0: isn't in this situation. You just, oh, it's this Morris, is what, brother. This it's is the Morris thing you're with right. the Heat fans. Okay, it's like they right. enter okay. Udonis Hazel I, into can everything. I
1: quick, can I give a quick Udonis Hazel defense first? Just a quick one. Is it going to be quick? <laughs> I, all I'm saying is when you grow up and you have a favorite player, there's nothing wrong with wanting that favorite player to continue to play for your favorite team. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. I will pick in this instance. I'm gonna pick Jimmy Butler.
0: I think you have to, yeah. Yeah.
1: We're gonna be charged up on some coffee. We're gonna be ready to go. Uh he's in incredible shape. I would I would want to make sure he got a good night of sleep though. Here's can I tell you my like working theory of Jimmy Butler? Mm-hmm. Is that he would be like a better player if instead of working out early in the morning, he just got like nine hours of sleep.
0: I mean studies would say in college that if you pulled an all nighter versus if you just went to sleep and studied in the morning and got up a little earlier the latter was always better you'd right. always retain more information so yes i'm with you
1: Why is he so again like i'm just worried that he's not getting enough sleep
0: It's because he's friends with um <laughs>
1: Marty, Matt Mark Damon. yeah yeah Oh no the other one Yeah Mark, the other one yeah. like, I don't know yeah. i
0: literally there's never yeah, i've the never department. been able I get to it. No Yeah um. Well, I think that Mark was the one who said he wakes up at like four in the morning, and then has like a smoothie made of eggs.
1: Yeah. Oh.
0: Which, yeah. Yeah. Um. It's also just interesting in general that he would be friends with him, but that's for another. I have
1: time. <laughs> a lot of questions about their friendship and what they talk about.
0: There's like, don't meet your heroes, and then there's also like, sometimes I just don't want to know anything about them yes. either. Like, I don't want to know your friendships. I don't want to know your habits. Um, okay, I do so you're know taking Jimmy Paul and
1: Adele talk about.
0: Yeah, people keep saying this. I feel like rich people find commonality in just being rich.
1: Do you think he listens to her songs? Earns
0: everyone listens to her songs.
1: Okay, I mean, I love. it. Oh,
0: you mean before she releases yes, them? Yes, yes. Hmm.
1: Do you think? Do you think he's given her a note?
0: I think it depends on how long mm, they've been dating. That's true. We don't know the whole.
1: That's right. The timeline story. Yeah.
0: All of a sudden, we saw them out, and then they were at Staple or Crypto. Right. <laughs> dot com. Center, <laughs> the new sponsor of this yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have any crypto?
1: I don't, and I'm going to be honest. I feel like you you have to stake your claim either as someone who's into crypto or I. Maybe I'm speaking for an underrepresented group here, but I'm someone who might want to invest in crypto, but I so deeply don't understand it that instead I'm forced to (laughs) be like, this is dumb. You guys are idiots. This is never going to work. Even though secretly I'm like, yeah, I would like to like spend a little money and then three years later have a lot more money, you know?
0: I think it's almost like it's too late, even though I don't think there's there's mounting evidence that that's wrong and it's not too late. But. Mm You know, I never got Bitcoin and now I feel like I've missed everything. Plus, I agree with what you say. I just don't understand it. Like the NFTs, I had multiple people explain it to me multiple ways. It didn't. Nothing.
1: I've read every NFT explainer story. Nothing. Nothing is sitting with me. And I'm worried that in like five years when we're all in like a literal competition for access to water, I'm going to wish I had invested in crypto, if that makes sense.
0: I mean, if it can turn into water, I guess it makes sense. <laughs> maybe
1: you can use it to buy it. I don't know. I, who knows?
0: Yeah. Um, maybe that's what Adele and
1: yeah.
0: Rich Paul are talking about. Yeah. How quickly can we take water away from everyone yeah, else? How
1: can we avoid the coming water wars? Um, uh, okay. if, I don't want to derail this podcast more than I already have, but have you heard the theory that all those celebrities who came out in like favor of infrequent bathing was a CIA op?
0: No, I just know that um what's her name from Atlanta?
1: Zazzy beads.
0: Yeah. Oh, and she I, was one of them? Yeah, she said that Americans shower too much. That's a and, tough one. I know. Oh, she's so one. hot. Otherwise. That was a tough
1: one. I'm just gonna ignore that. I'm gonna sweep that one under the rug and continue to focus on Ashton Kutcher for these purposes, but that's a tough one, Zazzy. That's a really tough one.
0: Yeah, and then also, let's see, there was the redhead from Game of Thrones. One of my talents is that I I could learn a celebrity's name and forget it literally within <laughs> an instant. So you're going to have to help me out with that one. She's married to a Jonas brother.
1: Oh, um, um, Sophie Turner. There mm-hmm. we go.
0: She also had a shower comment. Um, <sighs> have any basketball players had a shower?
1: You know, that's they probably are showering much more than the average person.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, you know what? You can't. We can talk about another thing we talked about on uh, Tuesday's podcast, which was what gives us the ick.
1: I would say definitely bad hygiene Yes, gives me the ick. A great, great indicator of the ick. Yes.
0: But we also did the basketball ick. So like I had I hate when Steph Curry does the mouth guard.
1: Oh, I don't like that at all. Yeah, you can
0: we can revisit this at the end since I Mm -hmm. sprung it on you, but I would love to know what gives you the basketball ick.
1: Okay, I'll start I'll start thinking. I'm sure I can come up with a good list.
0: Another good one is just Miles Turner and Rudy Gobert like pretending to fight. <laughs> I'm going to be just honest. Do it.
1: I want to see some more fights. I want to see some more fights.
0: Yeah, I know I'm with you. Um okay, let's talk about the Eastern Conference. I wrote down immediately before we got on here. What <laughs> Wow, I am tired. I said, "What's it going to take for the Pacers to catch a break?" <laughs>
1: <The> <laughs> I just, poor Pacers. I just feel
0: like they're consistently the saddest team and the most forgotten team.
1: They're very boring. They play right in the middle of the country. <laughs> um, somebody is always injured. I, they, they have a, a, a starting lineup on paper that sounds really interesting, in LeVert, Brogdon. Warren Sabonis and Turner. I don't think they played a minute together yet, mostly because Warren's been injured this whole time. I really like Sabonis. He's the same haircut as Robert Pattinson from Tenet, uh, which is really exciting. And I want to see him play in a meaningful basketball game because I think he could be a good player. Miles Turner is like simultaneously like good, but is on the trade block every couple weeks. I I think they. I don't know what it's going to take for them. I really don't. I feel like they should. They need maybe a rebrand. Like, what would you rebrand the Indiana Pacers as? Like, how can they capture the imagination? Maybe they go as the Indiana Crypto. Maybe that's the move for them and capture the imaginations of young fans.
0: I think no matter what, I mean, anything that feels forward, futuristic leaning would be good for them because they need (laughs) to figure out a way to just transcend injuries. Because that is consistently their problem. But even with Miles Turner, I feel like they've gotten a lot of players over the years who just have like a very clear ceiling. Mm-hmm. He added so much to his game last offseason, and now he's still Miles Turner.
1: Yeah, it's a, he does like everything you'd want a modern center to do. Like he shoots threes. He shoots at a high percentage. He doesn't try to do too much. He blocks shots, protects the rim, not moving the needle in the slightest. I, I yeah, I they're one of those scenes that's like they famously never tank, but like maybe tank just once and see what happens, you know? <laughs> just try it. Just dip your toes in the water.
0: Um, yes. Okay, so we're gonna rebrand them. The other team I wrote down was Oh, okay. So how many times have you forgotten about Boston this season?
1: <laughs> so my co-host on open floor, Michael Pina, is I don't know if he would like to call himself a Celtics fan. I'll call him a Celtics fan. I call him a member of the like the DPRB propaganda machine, the Democratic People's Republic of Boston. So it's not I don't have the option to forget about the Celtics, but they've been shockingly just met, just really forgettable. As you said, just a weird season. They also I mean Jalen Brown got hurt after getting COVID. Now Rob Williams is hurt again. I thought they were going to be really good. That's a team that I was pretty wrong about. Like, I actually had high hopes for them. I don't know why a team with two players as good as Brown and Tatum aren't very isn't very good.
0: Well, I think that this is the exact kind of thing that causes um, – it's happened over the years a lot, too, for uh, how good are they, who deserves to be there if they're going to mm-hmm. trade, and it just alternating constantly – I just don't think that's healthy. I think what would be best for Boston is for everybody to forget about them for a season.
1: <laughs> just Do you think NBA teams should be able to take a season off? Like the Warriors after the Durant-Achilles finals, they should have been allowed to take a season off.
0: Um, only if they sub in the DG League champion and then to be readmitted, they have to beat them in a series without – Their third best player.
1: That's see. I'm telling you, the NBA wants a tournament. They want more intrigue in the regular season. Now we're talking.
0: I wonder what, because we we and Jordan have talked about this a lot. What could the stakes possibly be, besides money, that would make it worth it? Because with money, you just it's the the disparity of pay. It's never going to make sense to offer money, Mm -hmm. um, because what would entice LeBron James is not something that the league can afford Mm -hmm. and what would entice uh, the time lord like (laughs) he's gonna work hard but not everybody else's right so i like i relegation seems like the only way but owners will never agree to that
1: yeah that's true It, it is sad as a like regular season respecter i do wish the games mattered a bit more like i was really excited for that nets warriors game that happened uh, Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it ended up being a blowout, but it was still fun. It's a little storyline, and you could tell the players were trying very hard. And I just wish that that happened more often. I don't know if it's they got to play less games or only two nights a week or whatever. Surely, some like really smart person with a model they've created has been thinking about this for a long time. But I wish that they could. I want more games like that. And I wish there was a way to make the players care more.
0: Less games. Yes. Yeah. Quality over quantity. Because it's just inherently built in. If you have less games, then right. every one of them counts more toward the playoffs. I and mean, that's why the NFL is wild. There is a mix, though, because with mm-hmm. college football, it's like if you lose one.
1: Right. You're Yeah.
0: Season's over. Yeah. You're Cincinnati going to the. can't
1: lose a game. Yeah. You're going to the Bitcoin Bowl. Yeah.
0: I almost said crypto bowl, but I was <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know. It seems like it's like really <laughs> <Yeah>. climbing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I
1: don't
0: think it's obscure enough anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um but with I think football has the perfect the perfect schedule. There's some games that are like fun mm-hmm. treats on Thursday and Monday and then the rest of it is Sunday and you dedicate your whole day to it.
1: Yeah, it is. I am kind of jealous. I've like weirdly gotten back into football this year after not really caring for a long time and yeah, the setup is just really nice. Like I can just sit in on Sunday and not move and there's just going to be games playing back and forth. And I will be fed an interesting one. Yeah, it's they've figured it out. They cracked the code with that.
0: Do you also like being able to watch games and just kind of mindlessly?
1: Does that make sense? Well, the beauty of football is that they only play for like 15 minutes. The other two hours and 45 seconds are like the play clock winding down and replays and stuff. So you can be on your phone the whole time. That's really the advantage I have is like what hurts basketball, I think, in the 21st century is the free flowing action okay <laughs> I know it's a take it's a real capital T take yeah that's a long-winded way of me saying yes I like to watch mindlessly. mindlessly
0: I no, I prefer that as well because I remember there were a couple of years where I was really into red zone but it just felt like like my heart would start racing it was too much <laughs> like I was I just felt yeah like I was burdened with too much action me just not thinking about anything is good it's like sport meditation yeah So, do you think that this is back to the Eastern Conference? Because I am like, I told the, okay, I told you before, I told Harry before, I didn't sleep much last night (laughs) or this early morning. Um, I'm trying my absolute best to string two sentences together.
1: I think you're doing a great job. I would have never guessed you were tired, personally.
0: Thank you. But we're on Zoom right now and you can see my face, so I know that's (laughs) a lie. (laughs) I've got like hair sticking yeah. up in a yeah. weird direction. <laughs> um. Okay, I want to talk about the Wizards and the Bulls because I think that they're the most unusual teams mm-hmm. to to have success right now, or at least the ones that, especially the Wizards, I, I did not expect. And even the Bulls, I thought that it was going to be another situation where a number of players that were kind of good, um, mm-hmm. but never really worked out on another team like would just, a team would invest in them and then they would all just tragically and very expensively not work out. Um but I love these kinds of teams. There's two archetypes that I really love, mm-hmm. which one is like the young team who has no pressure on them, the Grizzlies, although they the overperforming young team, yeah. I guess. The Grizzlies last year, the Hornets. I love that team. Um SGA's Thunder uh, with Chris Paul team. And then the other one I love is the random team that just goes way further than anyone expects. So like Miami making the finals, the Suns making the finals, those teams. Um, do you think that the Wizards or the Bulls could be that kind of team that like actually makes a long run in the playoffs?
1: First of all, I love that you identified this kind of team because they those are the kinds of teams that make the season great. It's the teams that defy expectations or the teams that are not necessarily trying to win a championship, but are trying to win. I like I wish people respected those teams more. I wish people had more appreciation for those teams. Like the Raptors before they got Kawhi or the Grizzlies in the mid-2010s. Like those were fun teams and they were successful and they had great players, great stories, etc., cetera. Which is why I'm glad, you know, teams like Washington and Chicago, even if they know we might not have the best odds to win a title. We're still going to try to win Chicago. Nothing would surprise me at this point. I'll say that Washington. I like, I I still think that they have a little bit of a lower ceiling. I mean, they're really fun. And I thought there would be like nothing worse for Westbrook's narrative than just kind of how he plays on the court with the Lakers, which has not been good, but the wizards being this good without him is also not helping. (laughs) Uh, It's a real double whammy for Russ, so that's a shame. Chicago, I think, is great. Like, they're a lot of fun. They're still winning games, even though Patrick Williams got hurt. They've beaten good teams. They're blowing the doors off some teams. Like, I would be very surprised if they made the finals. I think that's dreaming a little bit too big. Could they make the conference finals? I mean, if there's a scenario where, like, Philly and Milwaukee are stumbling and have to play Brooklyn in the second round, I mean, it could be like Atlanta last year, where they just kind of get a good bracket and easily make the conference finals. So that would not surprise me at all with Chicago.
0: I always bet on a sturdy defense. I just mm-hmm. think we, I need to see a couple more weeks to make sure right. that it can maintain this sturdiness because sometimes that's exactly what falls off. But with Lonzo, I loved seeing this. It's he's shaken off the reputation he had like very early on of, mm-hmm. you know, not being able to play any defense, which is a little unfair because he was definitely. so young and you either come in as someone who's like super focused on defense or you struggle because you're adjusting to defending the mm-hmm. best basketball players in the world. Um, but he definitely got rid of that reputation like the last two years, but now it's like a deflection a minute. Yeah. He's Ronzo's very fun to watch.
1: It's funny with Lonzo because there was obviously such a huge spotlight on him. Like his rookie year was like a little bit of a circus. And then the next year he's playing Alexa LeBron and there's all the AD trade rumors. If you had said at the start of Lonzo's career that he'd be the player he is now, it would have been a massive success. It would be a, people would be like, that's awesome. So I'm glad that he's kind of, cause he's such a fun player. Like his whole energy, his vibes, like he's an absolute vibes watch, uh, He's like some games he's got the fro, some games he's got the uh, the cornrows. He's like throwing all these crazy passes, uh, bombing away threes. Like he's so much fun to watch. And I'm, I'm glad that he's ha- finally had a chance with a team that really wants him and is letting him play up to his potential.
0: And even a chance just to have fun because yeah. that was also something that was really missing. He just looked so serious all the time and almost so frozen mm-hmm. um, playing on the LeBron Lakers. He just did not want to shoot he did not want to take action he just seemed very reserved um so yeah this is good it's given him a chance to let loose and you I kind of thought that that was going to happen um in New Orleans but this is great um lower the stakes and good things come out
1: there's really a world in which the the Pelicans could have had Drew Holiday Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram I mean they did for a season and it's kind of like how did they how did they go from where they were then to where they are now? It seems like they really moved backwards. There,
0: I'm such a firm believer in sometimes just the spots aren't right, and that's mm-hmm. as simple as it is. And we will never be able to measure that, or right. maybe even know about the you know inner workings inner workings of that. Like you just said, his vibes are great. Maybe the Bulls' vibes yeah. right now are great. True. Like maybe Demar is just super fun to be around. It seemed like it when he was with the Raptors. Um, and there's just some things like I I could see the pressure of, um, you know, Zion incoming. I could see a lot of pressure of like maybe because of the AD trade, right. there was a lot of pressure to be better. They're disappointed. You just never really know. Like with Julius Randall, I always felt like there was an initial pressure. Um, mm-hmm. But New York fans love like they just look past everything and say, I'm going to believe in this person. I'm going to love this player. And they cherish anyone who can do anything for them. So I think, you know, and God bless Kemba. But that's what I <laughs> thought with, with Julius Randle. And look at how he turned out, which is interesting because we've talked about a lot of people that have started off at the Lakers and who right. Matt Johnson was like, flick.
1: <laughs> Just- yeah, seriously. I mean, I guess they'll point to like the the one championship they got, but – that experiment is teetering, to say the least. That is, that is a rickety train going down the tracks.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the whole point—is to to uh, win a championship. Yeah. Uh, one of my biggest complaints with the way that we talk about basketball now is, after the Raptors won, people are like, well, "Wasn't even worth it because Kawhi is leaving."
1: What do you mean? They yeah, won a championship. Yeah, like, of course. course,
0: that's the entire goal. Like, if he leaves, then you just kind of start over. The problem with the Lakers is that they don't really have any clear, like, t- I I guess timeline is the right word to start over because you kind of just have to wait until LeBron James right says I'm not going to play basketball anymore.
1: They're in a weird spot. They're in a weird spot. They to take the gamble that they did on the Russ trade and. Like, with this late in LeBron's career, that's something you could have done, like, six years ago, and okay, like, in a couple of years, you wipe your hands of it, whatever. To do that this late in LeBron's career, I when they knew the formula, when they had the formula that worked, was never made sense to me.
0: That, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, uh... But you have to bet on it. You ha- you just yeah. have to bet on it as well. Like you- that's the other thing is a lot of their moves over the years have been out of complete desperation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like they are the most desperate NBA team.
1: <laughs> yes, by far. They're also the- not
0: like the magic, not all yeah. these teams who like really need free agents. I think it's the Lakers.
1: The Lakers are also the m- most star obsessed. Like they want, they care about box office and all that stuff just way more than everyone else. Like, I think it's only a matter of time before they try to get some kind of like sexy name in over Frank Vogel. That, that's just that seems to be like all they care about. Like, that's what they do. They traffic in like sexiness and oohs and ahs and not necessarily sound basketball decisions.
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, with the crypto deal and with <laughs> like so much so many of their decisions and yet they are painted as sometimes. um like, with Caruso, what did you expect them to do? Like, you know, they're they're just the buses. Like, it's yeah. not like they're yeah, billionaires. And yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, if you want to be the Los Angeles Lakers, you have to spend money.
1: The Caruso thing remains the most embarrassing move from the offseason. That one was inexcusable at the time and only looks worse by the day, considering how well he's playing.
0: Yeah, Um, I was somebody who didn't fully latch on to his contributions until last season. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. You know who I need to right my wrongs with right now is Aaron Gordon. I've hated him since the start. Not as a person. Of course not as a person. Of course not as a person, I'm sure he's lovely, although I don't follow him on Instagram, so I can't confirm that. Um, (laughs) But- I just never really got it with him. And I always like saw through it or thought I saw through it. To be fair, there was a lot to see through, you know, for Mm -hmm. years. But now he's legitimately helping. And so I will be issuing a notes app apology very soon.
1: Aaron Gordon, to me, is a perfect example of someone who was never in the right role and is now in the right situation where life's all about, you know, like, the right opportunity, the right expectations, where he was, everyone thought he was supposed to be the guy in Orlando and running all these pick and rolls and trying to be a number one scorer. Now it's like, no, he plays off Jokic. He kind of like picks up random garbage on offense and he's great at it. Like he can focus on one or two things instead of trying to be everything to a team. And yeah, I think that's helped him a lot.
0: I think the Nuggets are also a really good example of a team with good vibes because they're not overly dependent on mm-hmm. one thing to one person to do a massive amount of things. Like you just said, that's yeah, that's the the perfect way to say it, which is that over reliance is what leads to things like Russ.
1: Yes. Which very- granted
0: like they just need it, but they are very much like the in the same vein as the Warriors. Uh, like when they had no bench three years ago, but just desperately needed people, and so they were just squeezing like a sponge, like out everything they could out of the starters. The Lakers are that, but the sponge is like pretty dry.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, they were, it just was so funny how they were so focused on what do we do when we don't have LeBron that they seemingly forgot about how do we help LeBron? Mm-hmm. And, you know, now it's, I mean, are they going to bring Russ off the bench? I don't know what they're going to do. They're in a weird spot.
0: I actually am going to stay firm on my opinion that don't think of, don't even really like assess how Russ is doing until it's late January.
1: Okay. It I'm, takes time. That's a fair point. Like with Houston and Washington both, like later in those seasons, he caught on. Uh, yeah. I just, LeBron already being hurt, I'm just nervous. I'm nervous. I want to see like the Lakers be good in a playoff series, even if they don't win. And uh, right now they just look, we've talked about good vibes teams, that is a bad vibes team.
0: Which is the best vibes team? Which think- one, if if you like had to do like one of those class trips, did you ever go on a class trip abroad?
1: Never abroad, we went to Key West once, that was a big, you know. Oh you, Oh, abroad. Florida, I was like, yeah. what?
0: That's like romantic Uh, (laughs) but you're from florida okay that makes sense which team would you want to because you're like on the bus with them Mm -hmm, and then you're in the hotel with them
1: i see what you're saying Mm -hmm. all right i'm gonna give you one from each conference okay my my west my west vibes team it's got to be golden state feels like they're very welcoming they got young guys they got old guys steve kerr super chill one time i felt terrible I like literally bumped into Steve Kerr at Barclays Center and he like famously has a bad back and he apologized to me. He's like, hey, I'm sorry. And I was like, no, that was totally my fault. <laughs> so shout out to Steve Kerr, absolute sweetie. And then on the East Coast, it's got, I think it's going to be the Bulls. I love their vibes. Like they're fun. They're running up and down the floor. Everyone can jump really high. Uh, cool uniforms. Love the Midwest. So I'm going to go Chicago and Golden State as my two vibes teams.
0: Those are great. Um, the worst ones, I think you're dead on with the Lakers. the last two years, three years of the Clippers, well, longer than mm. that, the end of Lob City have a really good argument if we're going historical. And then, in the East, well, actually, let's still in the West. I mean, let's not discount the teams that are not mm-hmm. good. Like the kings have terrible vibes. The wolves have terrible vibes. like cat is just walking back, which is fair. You can only carry so much. Um, that is actually an example of a former Laker who has not avenged yes, his James exit. Yes, not yet.
1: Yeah, he had the, one well, he the season. Yeah,
0: yeah, and this, then just kind of
1: yeah. Since then, downhill. the Celtics yeah. have are sneaky weird vibes teams.
0: Weird vibes or bad vibes?
1: I don't know that I'm willing to come down on bad so thoroughly just yet, but they're on vibe watch. The Celtics are on vibe watch. I'm trying to need, I'm going to, I'm, I have my eye on what's going on over there.
0: What's it called? Oh, they're, in, they're endangered. Yeah.
1: Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm.
0: The vibes are endangered. Yeah. Um, the Nets ter- seem like such a bad hang. I yeah. would never. Yeah. Although the Nets, like the Dinwiddie, Atkinson That was a fun, Nets.
1: that was a fun team. They did a vibe 180. Now it's, yeah, you don't want to be in a locker room after Harden only shot 3 free throws that night.
0: No. I mean, and the other thing is uh what is the situation like is Kyrie not go he's not allowed to go to the games, right?
1: Well, yeah, they they can't he can't be at home games because of the vaccine mandate. And so I think he could technically go to road games, but I think the team was just like don't. Uh, stay please don't. Um, we're going
0: I wonder, so he must not be at practice either. I
1: don't think so. I wonder what
0: he's up to. I wonder what he's reading. What
1: does he do? Yeah, what is he? One time he told me he was reading a book by Osho, and that was like a year before like Wild Wild Country became a huge hit on Netflix. And I was like, that's interesting. That is interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm always interested what people are reading in or what they're reading. I got to say, I don't know that I'm interested in what he's reading right now. That's
1: true. Um, I'm reading something right now. Speaking of reading things, it's a book called chaos and it's about, mm-hmm. uh, a reporter's investigation into the Manson murders. And I, it's hard to describe this book without sounding like an absolute conspiracy theorist. Like I was trying to explain it to some people the other night and immediately they're like, no, like you've fallen in too deep, et cetera. But it's a really good book. I just want to throw it out there. It's called chaos. It's written by Tom O'Neill. Um, It's about
0: like I think conspiracy. The perception of conspiracy theorists is
1: um, it's a little bit unfair. It's a little. I think it's unfair. unfair. Yes. Yeah. But in in hashtag these unprecedented times, like now is not a good time to be a conspiracy theorist. You know what I mean? So you know it's it's not the easiest book to kind of suggest to people in 2021, where it's like. Yo, you want to hear about some wild shit the government has done? Um, but anyway, it's that a good actually book.
0: sounds like the perfect book to read in <laughs> 2021. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also noticed on open floor that you are. a... We've got to read this out loud. Here he sent a note that said, "Big Manson was a CIA plant guy over here."
1: He might be. so. he might be though. I'm saying the FBI and CIA are up to some shit. Let's not let's let's start a dialogue. We're going to start a dialogue.
0: Yeah. Um there's actually like <laughs> <laughs> I would say that there is more proof that um people are CIA plants than we we acknowledge.
1: There are more CIA plants out there. The problem is you can't say the words the the greatest trick the CIA ever pulled was making you sound like an idiot every time you said the letters CIA. Cause you can't say it without sounding like a crazy person. Everyone's gonna listen to this podcast and think I'm, I have like taped up photos and newspaper articles on my wall. It's just one really good book, I promise.
0: What was it called, Chaos?
1: Chaos, yeah.
0: Okay. Um, is it, I literally just almost asked <laughs> if it's <laughs> really long.
1: <laughs> I just don't know if I can
0: mentally commit yeah, no, to another I one. I, I just got it. finished. I ran through like five really long ones and I was like, you know, I think I would like like a really short whirlwind mm. romance.
1: That's This fiction. is not that. Yeah.
0: I've been feeling really guilty. We were talking about this at the uh, amazing dinner party you threw about how little nonfiction I've read this year. And mm. so I did it and uh, it's tough.
1: Listen, nonfiction is a commitment. There's no doubt about it.
0: Yeah, don't you m- mostly read nonfiction?
1: I do, and I don't know how I've become that person. I it's I need to I need to swing back into the fiction world. I it's I don't know why. I I don't know if I'm just subconsciously becoming one of those true crime people or whatever the case is. But well, is when, it
0: all crime nonfiction?
1: It's not. I wouldn't say it's crime, but it's it's a lot of like. Uh, here's the real truth behind this kind of thing, which I think is what true crime really is. So I would say that's the kind of nonfiction I'm into.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know it would be a fun game that we should play another time when I have more brain (laughs) ability is what book we should recommend to what player. Yes, yes. That could be our actual book club. (laughs) Um, Because book clubs are hard, they're a commitment. Are you gonna go a month between? Does everyone like the book? Mm -hmm. People have different tastes, and sometimes it's just, it's hard to get through particular books.
1: Book clubs, great in theory, very difficult in practice.
0: But I would love to do something where we recommend books to players.
1: We will do that. Phil Jackson, I think, used to give out books. Well, someone's gotta pick up the mantle, that could be us.
0: Um, When I was visiting Hassan Whiteside, I saw this book by Brene Brown, about vulnerability, Daring Greatly. And I was like, is that like, is that your book? Do you like, how did you get that book? Just because it didn't feel like Mm -hmm. something he would read. Um, Big Brene Brown person right here. How about that? And uh, he said that Spo gave it to him.
1: Very interesting, Mm -hmm.
0: okay. And then me and Spo had a conversation about it on the phone and I was supposed to ask him questions about Hassan and instead we just talked about Brene.
1: That's pretty exciting. I'm really jealous of that. One time I was doing a Zoom with Spo and my dog barked and he's like, I hear your little friend over there. It's like, oh my God. And then he's like, I have a dog too. And I was like, this is the best day of my life.
0: Something I've noticed since getting a dog is that you A, rapidly fall in love with them, B, become convinced that they are the greatest dog on earth and there's never been a dog like them before and then see the minute you can see it in somebody else's
1: eyes that
0: they have a dog you're just like let's talk about our dogs dude like that's all i want to do
1: the connection you can forge with a fellow dog owner is very very special
0: yeah i mean even just walking on my street like walking my dog i didn't even know my neighbors before and now i know all about them like I'm, I don't want to say her name, but like, you know, we're all helping her through a breakup. <laughs> you know, go, it's okay. just like, yeah, there's a huge sense of community around like picking up poop next to each other. It's
1: very true. Yeah. My dog's the one always barking at other people's dogs in the apartment building. Like he'll hear a dog walk by my door and he'll run up to the door and bark at it. So I'm becoming close to my neighbors because I'm constantly apologizing to them. But hey, we'll take...
0: That's good. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can always make them that dessert.
1: That's true. I can just throw it with some berries.
0: Um, do you, before we go, because speaking of dogs, I have to go pick mine up. Did you? Were you able to think of anything that gives you the basketball ick?
1: You know what gives me the basketball ick is, I'm. If you're gonna wear the mask on the bench, just wear the mask normally on the bench. Like what we all we see you. You're on TV. That gives me the ick. I, I have a big one and I'm building up to. Uh, number two, just run back and play defense. Okay. I, I'm not one of those people who's like, these kids complain too much, but you're letting your team down and you hang out and complain. But you know what I've decided gives me the basketball ick? And I've thought about this one for a long time coaches got to be wearing suits again. Okay. There's too much, there's too much non conformity. And some of them are like doing well. Like they got the, the polo, the, you know, the dry fit polo tucked into the slacks. But then other ones, you just got like a floppy quarter zip, and the undershirt is like crumpled, and like Mike Budenholzer always looks like he just got off the golf course, like after having a couple of beers. I, I just, I give me back the suits. There's something I, romantic about the suits. I like them. I like when coaches in the finals get the Gatorade shower and their suit gets all messed up. Yeah, I, I the basketball ick. I, I'm tired of the the quarter zips and the 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 leisure, the loungewear, the athleisure. Give me the suits.
0: I think it'd be different if coaches could dress.
1: Oh, see now that now that would be interesting. Now that would be fun. No, like athleisure, but they're allowed to like wear their tunnel fit into the arena. Yeah,
0: a hundred percent.
1: Yeah. Which then coach, that would be different. Which coaches do you think would actually try to get fits off?
0: Uh, former coach Pat Riley, one hundred percent. Pat Riley would have been getting great fits dresser. Off. Me and yeah. Katie Heindel just send outfits that he's worn back and forth all the time.
1: I think he would absolutely be rocking it. He's
0: a guy that unabashedly just wears like five gold chains at one yeah, time.
1: That's true. I, low key, I think Nick Nurse would get a fit off. Like he's got his own logo. Like I think he would be working in some interesting stuff. He would, I don't know that they'd be good fits, but he'd try. He'd at least make an attempt. The expression
0: get a fit off only applies if it's a good outfit.
1: That's true. No, that's <laughs> fair. He would be. He would, He might fly too close to the sun, but he'd be flying, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, what about the worst dress coach that you imagine?
1: He's not in the league anymore. But Brad Stevens. <laughs> I was going to say Stan Van Gundy. Brad yeah. Stevens strikes me as the type of person who has like 18 of the same shirt and 18 of the same pants. And he's like, I don't have time to think about what I'm going to wear today. Yeah, Stan Van Gundy, I think would show up in like gray sweatpants and a hoodie with a spaghetti stand on it if he could.
0: Yes, I think we should leave it there. Why don't you plug and tell people where they can find you?
1: Okay. well, first of all, Haley, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. It's so much fun. Uh, You and Jordan do absolutely great work. It was an honor to be here. you can read my stories on SI.com. Or if you if you loved this podcast format and you were like, hey, what's with that guy's voice? It's kind of soothing. I like it. Uh, you can listen to me on the Open Floor podcast. With my co-hosts, Michael Pina and Chris Herring. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. This was so much fun.
0: Spencers is hosted by me, Haley O'Shaughnessy, and Jordan Liggins. This episode was produced by Jordan, Isabel Jocelyn, Harry Krinsky, and Alex Ward. Our production coordinator is Devin Shepard, and our executive producers are Peter Moses, John Yales, and me. Hey, Jordan and Haley. It's, um, <clears throat> excuse me, it's Trishner from, from D.C.,
1: um, also, happy birthday to him. Hope it does great. But someone that brings me joy is uh, this year, Danny Avdia.
0: He is our best defensive player. He has been miles like, ahead of where he was last year and just really makes me happy to see him flourish. Uh, thanks. Bye.